0: This week's quick tip comes from our October issue. If you're still using a fifth or sixth generation iPhone like I am, and your headphone jack has gotten gunked up with dust and pocket lint, and is making that annoying staticky sound like you're between stations on Spotify, which for the record isn't even possible, you can clean it out with a burst from a can of air duster, such as Dust Off. If it keeps making the noise, you can also lick the jack before inserting it, which while a little gross, is effective. Saliva is conductive and can bridge a poor connection. We have a really fun episode for you guys this week. We met our first beer Cicerone, and yes, I asked him how to pronounce that. His name is James Watt, he has a great Scottish accent, and he's the co-founder of BrewDog. BrewDog is a Scottish brewery that made a beer with 55% alcohol a few years back. It was called the end of history and came in a taxidermied squirrel. So James is kind of a fun guy. He's also one of just a few master Cicerones in the world, and we put his nose to the test in an impromptu beer tasting. This week, I also buy a new TV, On Air, with help from Peter Martin and Alex George. And Roy Berenson stops by with his new favorite tool, a cordless coffee maker made by Makita, a company known for chainsaws and drills, which is a little strange. Make sure you have your own coffee ready. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and this is the most useful podcast ever. We have James Watt, who is a cicerone. You just told me how to pronounce this. I was calling it chicharone, but I think that's a pork it's a pork rind. skin. It's a pork rind, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Kevin Dupsik, our the host of the How Your World Works podcast, is also here to just have a good uh, time. I heard there was beer, so. Well, that'll yeah. do. Um, so you are touring around with the guys from BrewDog. Um, what is the deal with BrewDog? Can you just tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's a company that myself and my best friend set up in Scotland back in 2007. Um, at that time, I was captain of an North Atlantic fishing boat, so I quit my job. <laughs> I got a bank loan. We got some secondhand stainless steel tanks. Two humans, one dog, and we started making some beer. Is the best
2: friend the dog or the other human?
1: Um, It depends what kind of mood the other humans in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the dog appreciates that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um,
0: So the the names of these are very cool. Um, How did you? Are you like kind of into the punk scene, or, or how did this happen?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, the beer scene in Scotland in 2007, the UK was quite stuffy, was quite conservative, was quite old fashioned. So we wanted to kind of send a shockwave down the spine of the UK beer industry and kind of turn the whole thing on its head. And we've done that with our beers, with our names and some of the things that we've done, which include making a 55% beer Holy and crap. packaging it in taxidermy.
0: Oh my, oh, I've heard about this. I have absolutely heard about this. I didn't realize that that was you guys.
1: That was that was awesome.
0: Wow. And so you've obviously tasted it. I always wondered, Did you? were you
1: immediately drunk? What does it taste like? So it's a beer you've got to drink the same way you would like a whiskey or a cognac or something. You've got to sip away at it and get lost in the kind of nuances and the flavor and stuff, but it tastes amazing. We also aged it in uh, oak casks for, for a few months, so you get that kind of depth and complexity in there too. It's amazing.
0: That's so cool. And so are these all new beers that you have with you today or are they just kind of your
1: flagships? Uh, we've got one new beer and the other ones are kind of flagship or staple beers. So. Cool thing for us, at the moment we make all the beers in Aberdeen in the Northeast Scotland, but we're just building a new production facility in Columbus, Ohio, which is going to be open in early 2017. So very soon these beers are going to be made in the US as well. So in the UK, our business is owned by a community of 50,000 beer enthusiasts. So we call our business model Equity for Punks. And in the (laughs) US, um, anyone can now go to our website and buy an equity stake in our our business. we've just opened it a few weeks ago we've had two and a thousand two and a half thousand americans invest so far so yeah anyone can go to our website and own part of our business and come on this come on this journey with us
0: so you are a Cicerone, which is a person who can, uh, who's basically like a sommelier for beer. Did you get that after starting the brewery, or did, were you interested enough that you did it first and then started the
1: brewery? Um, I got it after. So I am a, a master Cicerone, so there's only nine of us on the planet. So it's an insanely difficult exam to sit. The exam lasts two days. There's 12 <laughs> hours of essay questions. There's 120 beers that you've got to taste blind. It is... Tense, blind, it's tough. and then
0: until you're blind drunk. How how is it toward the end? I
1: mean, <laughs> um, I had my game face on. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Like, what does a when you're doing something like that, and you have to really keep clear mm-hmm. to answer questions? How do you keep? sober
1: well so much of what you taste um doesn't actually happen in your mouth it happens in your nose so you can actually tell so much about a beer just by smelling it so in that situation where there's 120 beers and you've got to taste them a lot of uh, the flavors you're going to pick up a lot of the kind of stylistic things you're going to write about comes from the smell so you don't need to hammer 120 different beers which wouldn't have been a good idea <laughs> yeah
0: that's like the, that's like a double power hour I don't know if y'all have that in Scotland. I've though.
1: got no idea what that is, but <laughs> I love the sound of it. <laughs> Sign it's, a, me up. it's
0: a shot of beer every minute for an hour. Okay. So, yeah. Not, God bless not that we're advising that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but don't do that. College in Florida. Yeah, I went to college in Florida.
1: So the first one we'll taste is Punk IPA. This is our flagship beer, 5.6% India Pale Ale that's made with a combination of American and New Zealand hops. And we focus on a New Zealand hop in this beer, which is called Nelson Sauven, called Nelson Sauven because it has a lot of the same flavor characteristics as Sauvignon Blanc wine. So you're going to get gooseberry, kiwi, passion fruit, hmm. kind of lychee, some pineapple flavors in there. Yeah, really. So that it's, sounds amazing. it's really cool.
0: Ooh, that smells great. <laughs> that
1: does smell really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, if, you, if you want to do the full thing with this, the first thing you want to do is spin it in your glass. And you want to spin it at about 45 revolutions per minute. So 45 RPMs, the ideal velocity here. I'm After you've been spinning doing. it, then you want to do a little sniff. And with that short sniff, you're going to get the compounds that volatilize easiest in the beer. So you're going to get the lighter notes, some of those fruit flavors. Afterwards, you want to put the hand over the top of the beer and spin it for about 10 seconds. Then you're going to kind of shake some of those heavier compounds. Out the beer and as soon as you take your hand off you want to kind of dive in there with your nose
0: oh it smells different it does smell different wow
1: so it's different um, volatiles that cause the aroma that you're putting into the headspace with the two different tests and the other thing that you have to do so your tongue only has has five or potentially six tastes, but you can smell thousands upon thousands of things. And you also smell things after you've swallowed it. It's called retronasal. So you want to breathe in, swallow the beer, then breathe out hard down through your nose, and you're also going to pick up some interesting flavors doing that.
0: I feel like I'm gonna snot on myself. Don't don't do
1: that. (laughs) So breathe in, swallow the beer, and then hard down through your nose.
0: Mm. That's how I always taste whiskey is I breathe out through my nose. After. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Did anybody tell you that? Or is this is what you do. I just
0: do that. I don't know. <laughs> I never learned that. It just t- it tastes good if you do that. Yeah. Yeah. How many types of hops are there? Like a lot, right?
1: Uh, yeah, there's over 100 type of hops. There's maybe 40 that are most commonly used in, in beer. But with the explosion of craft beer, it's just put such an emphasis on, on hops. And there's so many new and exciting hops coming out all the time and depending where they're grown and the hop variety, they're going to add different flavors to beer. So you can add a hop like Srirachi Ace, which originated in Japan, which is going to taste a bit like bubble gum and lemon. You could add a classic German hop, which is spicy and earthy. And um, these New Zealand hops that we use in our beer, they're kind of passion fruit, kind of tropical fruit flavors. And then the classic American hops from the Pacific Northwest are piney resinous with loads of citrus flavors in there too.
0: Cool. Well, I think we're going to do a blind tasting. Kevin, you and our new um, editorial assistant, James, picked out a bunch of beers. We picked
2: out four beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. So I was what I was kind of hoping you would do is sort of explain sort of what you look for when you're tasting different beers and sort of what the differentiating factors are.
1: And then we just want to see like how much you can tell us about about these beers. Okay, cool. So, um, thanks, thanks for the beers. It's always nicely nice to be <laughs> with a few different beers. And um, the first thing I'll notice is the beers are all very, very cold. So almost close to kind of freezing temperature. And um, a beer is going to open up so much more when it's a little bit warmer. So because these are so cold, I want to get my hands onto them and let it warm up. And the warmer anything is, the more you are get to taste, the more you get to smell. So it's ironic that people focus on serving beers extra cold because it just means the beer can be extra bad and you don't. Know.
0: Well, that's the thing about cores, isn't do it? You no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh,
1: do you
2: recommend like? Would you want to drink every type of beer at about the same temperature or does it vary and what would you
1: what would you say oh it it completely varies so if you take a look at the kind of beer that you'd want to drink coldest it would be something like a pilsner which is quite clean quite basic from a flavor profile and then the stronger a beer gets and the darker a beer gets you want to let it be a little bit warmer so um pilsner i would have about 40 degrees fahrenheit and then for every maybe percent abv the beer went up i'd want to have it a bit warmer so something like a strong dark imperial stout you'd want to have it at almost 50 degrees fahrenheit just so you can get into all those flavors and stuff in the beer okay so the first one um, quite light in color so i can a straw golden color it's quite cold, not a massive amount in the nose, maybe some kind of esters, which we suggest it's an ale as opposed to a lager, and kind of some mild hoppiness, not a massive amount of hoppiness in there, but a little bit of kind of subtle, kind of maybe tangerine, kind of softer fruit flavours. On the palate, again, we're getting some, um, I would say, kind of reasonable ester profile, which is going to be coming off an ale yeast. So... Um, some kind of subtle fruitiness for that and a kind of little bit of gentle hop bitterness and some hop flavors in the back end. So I would put this on the kind of American Blonde Ale, American Pale Ale, quite mild, quite easy-going spectrum.
0: Okay. That sounds pretty accurate. Uh, that's the It's a Blue Moon White IPA. Okay. Yeah.
1: What does is, what is white designate there? Mm. So the white will be where those kind of esters are coming from. So... Um, esters are flavors produced by the yeast during fermentation. Uh, the white designates that they've used a Belgian yeast in there, which is going to produce a little bit more, a bit more ester profile in there. So it gives it a little bit of spiciness, a little bit of fruitiness, which is coming, say, coming from It Seems from like yeast.
2: the fruitiness, yeah.
1: Okay, so second one, it's a little bit darker. And definitely getting a bit more kind of hops off the aroma. So Americans use the word dank when it comes to hops. So this <laughs> <has> a, <laughs> I'm, I'm from Scotland. I've got no idea what that means, but this would have this would have a lot of that kind of those characteristics. Off about about I, hops.
0: No idea what that <laughs> means. He says.
1: So yeah, nice, nice hop aroma, and definitely something you can get your teeth into in this one. Much more assertive hop flavour on the on the palate. A um, little bit of malt body, so the kind of malt flavor in this beer, you're getting some, some biscuit, but just enough caramel, but as it goes back, really nice kind of full flavor of the hops, it's dank, it's a little bit spicy, a little bit earthy with kind of loads of really nice citrus flavors in there. So for me, this is kind of smack bag in the middle of maybe American Pale Ale, possibly American IPA.
0: Okay. Um, so this is weird, you found this one. Did you find this one? I
2: found this one, yeah. Uh, so this is an IPL. IPL, okay.
0: Which we'd never—I'd never even heard of that.
2: I'd heard of it, but I didn't
1: really know what it was.
0: Yeah, what knew what it stood for. What would the difference be? What was
1: okay? So IPL is a fantastic new beer style, and it stands for India Pale Lager. So it's basically an IPA, but it's fermented with a, a lager yeast. So one of the main differences in beer styles is the difference between ales and lagers. Ales are fermented, and I'm going to have to use UK temperatures on this one. But <laughs> ales are fermented at twenty degrees Celsius, and that fermentation lasts six or seven days. Laggers are fermented at 10 degrees Celsius, so half the temperature, and the fermentation lasts 14 days. And what that means is lager fermentations tend to be a bit cleaner, and um, they don't get so much of those kind of yeast esters in the beer, which really allows the other factors in the beer to shine. I think that's why the hoppiness shines through so much in, in this beer. Mm. This is a good beer. Who makes this one? I like this one a lot. This
0: is a Jack's Abbey XS mm. IPL.
1: And um, people at home go and find Jack's Abbey XS IPL. It's very, very good. <laughs> okay, third one. So we're going a little bit darker this time. It's a kind of autumn gold, kind of nice amber, kind of amber and copper hues in the, in the beer as well. Not a massive amount of hops in the aroma. You're getting some of that malt flavours coming through. And those malt flavours a little bit heavier. So... Um, Toasted caramel, kinda of hints of toasted marshmallows, railway sleepers, a bit of woodiness. And uh yeah, quite clean from a, a hop flavour profile in the nose. <coughs> hmm. <coughs> so on the ale flavor spectrum it's got a bit more bitterness coming through in the in the back end and Nice kind of malt sweetness. So the first flavors I get in the front of this palate is kind of gentle kind of malt sweetness in there. Mm. And some kind of yeast esters through the fermentation as well. So maybe kind of some subtle overripe autumnal fruits, a little bit of kind of spiced poached apple, kind of spiced pear, maybe some some of those things that you guys dunk for at Halloween, kind of toffee apple <laughs> flavors or something in there too. <laughs> I and, love those things. And uh, just enough hot bitterness at the back end to kind of Kind of round it off. So this this could be a few different things. It could be a pale ale, made with a decent bit of malt that's not too hoppy. It could be something like a down ale. So it's kind of in that kind of ale space, depending on the, the interpretation of how they made it.
0: It was an anchor steam dry hopped. What <clears throat> though? It just says it just says dry
1: hopped. Ah, Anchor Steam Dry Hop, so yeah, um, classic beer from California, and steam was a beer style that they made before they had refrigeration, so it was actually German immigrants that wanted to make a lager, but they didn't have the technology to do so, so they made it in the same way you would an ale, so technically it's a round ale with a kind of mishmash um, fermentation hybrid between ale and lager, and these amazing kind of shallow cool ships, and it's called steam beer, because when they put the beer in there, it cooled the steam kind of raised off it, and... And um, sometimes in San Francisco, you could see the steam just intermingle with the fog as well. This guy's to be
0: so fun to drink with. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I,
2: I'm from there. And that's part of why I got this, because I love Anchor yeah. Steam. Uh, I've always wondered why it was what the steam was, because, I mean, that's like you hear from a lot of people in bars that know like one tenth of what you just told us, which is like, oh, it's a steamed beer. That's a different thing.
1: And one final beer
2: to
0: <laughs> taste. I'm excited about this one.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay. So this this smells like the um, not so good end of the American beer flavor spectrum. Um, looks looks quite light. Um, yeah, there's the first thing to be nice about. It, there's maybe some some pear aromas, maybe a little <laughs> bit of kind of plastic, plastic artificial bananas, but not too much else coming off the nose. And and those two things are something that we would say it came from a compound called isomal acetate.
0: Ooh, and how do you get that in there?
1: Um, it's a yeast. It's a, oh, my God. Why did you give me this? Um, it's a yeast-derived <laughs> compound. So this Quit, is thin. This is two. watery. This tastes like liquid cardboard. And it's everything I hate about mass market American beers. And this might be the king of beers.
0: <laughs> it sure is. It's uh, it's a Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> wow. this, was, this was James' idea, by the way. But he wanted Bud Light lime. I don't know if that's an improvement or... That was, I, I am extremely impressed.
1: I'm going to taste another beer just so I could get That's that taste like out good, of my mouth. a good idea. Yeah, I am going to do the same it. thing. Hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for putting the, that yeah. taste together. Thank so. you for doing
0: that. <laughs> yeah, thank you for being willing to play our stupid games. <laughs> it's a good game
1: apart from the last one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So here for a hot TV talk is what we're <laughs> gonna call this. Our uh, is our tech editor Alex George and Peter Martin who TV knows a enthusiast. lot. Of, well, yeah, you're just like you know a lot about TV. I just love to shop
3: for other people's televisions. Huh.
0: I have never owned a TV personally. Well, I that's all that's a lie. I owned one of those big old tube TVs when I was in college, but I lost it and like got rid of it in one of my many moves and. I'm now realizing I actually want a TV. You so. need one. I know. Who doesn't have a TV? It's ridiculous. I watched the Super Bowl on my computer last year. All
4: right. This would probably be the most helpful. What is the setup of the
0: room? The setup of the room. Okay. So I am putting it in my living room, which I want to say is it's pretty small. Like it's it's wide, but the couch to TV, I would say is about five or six feet. Like it's not Okay. far.
4: It seems like plenty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Okay, the other major question is, how much light is in there?
0: Ooh, um, there are no windows in that room. <laughs> so great. So, <laughs> so it's a basement. So zero. No, no, okay. I live, sounds like I live you in You live a here, here in the podcast room. Uh, I live in, the, actually, it's smaller than the podcast room. Um, I live in an old Polish building that is a railroad-style apartment. So my living room is the second room in. It's so... There's, you know, the dining room and the kitchen which has windows, there's my bedroom which has windows, and the living room is this little tiny room sandwich in the middle that kind of sucks. But that's why I'm putting a TV in yeah. there so I have something to look at. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay.
4: And how are you gonna is it going on a shelf or like a stand Um or I mount am the wall? going
0: to mount it on the wall. Okay. Yes. So it's gotta
4: be ideally pretty thin then. That's actually good. Because if you the main thing to worry about is if you have a lot of like sunlight or ambient light coming in, that's when having, I mean, basically you're paying. It's like my
0: movie, it's a movie theater. That's how dark it is.
4: Yeah, if we could just, yeah, if you can have not as much light coming in there. Because the main thing, when you're paying a whole bunch of money for a TV, what you're more or less paying for is so blacks look really black and then whites get really bright so the contrast is really high. And so that's what makes, you know, a $1,200 TV different from, you know, a $500 TV. Um, but it, so you'll want to go, let me see, for that short of a distance... And you're looking to spend sub 500, if I heard
0: correctly. I would say sub 500. Oh, let's yeah. bump that up. You think? <laughs> yeah. Why?
3: Well, what fun is a cheap TV? Well, that's what Jackie, I want to buy. You, you <laughs> would hand uh, Peter your credit card <laughs> now. We can just make this a lot think what easier. I'm going to say, Peter,
0: no. is I haven't owned a television for the it's last decades decade, so why would I buy a thousand dollar television? <laughs> sure, you're going to appreciate anything fine yeah. without any. All
3: right, all right. <laughs> and if you keep it small, under 500 it's probably fine.
0: I yeah, just think a I thousand mean, is a better, a well, better I'm budget for a normal person. I'm looking for something uh, normal. Ones. <laughs> I'm looking for something in like the 40 inch range. So I'm not looking for like a big TV. So That's doable. Okay.
3: It's not a lot of choice though for good ones.
4: Yeah, well, uh, for that size, would be okay. If you spend 500 bucks and try and get something more than 50, then it's going to be a piece. It's right. not going to work. Right. Yeah. yeah if I you don't go want under that. that yeah, I've got a couple ideas in mind, but we should... It mind, at but what we
0: should... And it goes diagonally, right? That's how you figure yeah, out the Yeah, that's number. how the measurements are. Okay.
4: Um, let's see. All right, so we're looking at... You want something... So the typical range is like 32. There's like 40, no. and then you get up into... They shouldn't
3: start below 40.
4: Peter Martin I, is. No, it, yeah, you know, it's
0: funny that he says he likes to buy TVs for people. What he likes, what you should do, what you should do is be a TV salesman because so far you are upselling no, the but hell out of me. TVs. TVs yeah.
3: used to be like 25, twenty-five, thirty-two inches were fine, and then flat screens came around Forty-two is the basic, like forty for Sony, and that I don't think you should go below forty. Why are you buying a TV if it's under that? It's basically your computer screen. But the price difference between a thirty-two and a forty is so small. Mm-hmm. Get a better TV because it's gonna feel small after you own it for more than a couple of weeks.
4: Okay. Nah, I could vouch. I mean, I think that is kind of true.
3: And a thirty-inch, thirty-two-inch TV now feels appropriate only in your kitchen. Like that's your As second, that's your bedroom TV or your kitchen TV or something. Okay. Or like a rich person's bathtub TV. Can we
0: look at how? Can we look at the, the rich person's bathroom TV? Um,
4: all right, and we, we could talk about brands and kind of figure out where yeah. amongst them would be. So
0: good. okay, so I could tell you my specifications. I want a smart TV because I've been watching TV on my computer, which means I bo- mostly watch Netflix and HBO Go. And I will have cable. I have cable now, which is why I need a television. (laughs) You're already paying for cable. I'm already paying for cable. (laughs) Uh, You know, clearly I've gone about this the wrong way. Um, But I, so I want a smart TV that is easy to use because clearly I don't know what the hell I'm doing with television. So um, that, and then I want it to be roughly in the 40 inch range. And I think that's it. I want it to not suck. Okay.
4: Not sucking. Okay, <laughs> not you'll be suck. all right.
0: <laughs> You're like listing it. Yeah. Not suck. <laughs> let 15 inch.
4: I mean, the thing with the smart TV thing, almost every single, it's really hard to buy a TV that's not smart. It doesn't have like some apps built into it. So it's probably gonna be a given for whatever you get. Uh, the ones that kind of, they vary between, like there's some lines that have had problems in the past. Vizios are great. Uh, generally something from the, uh, it's called the M line. They're all broken up into
0: different letters. I'm going to say it's Vizio's Majestic Vizio line. Vizio Majestic line. Yeah, okay.
4: It um, probably makes sense
3: because E is the cheap line, right? Economy.
0: Yeah. Oh, economy. So
3: maybe majestic is right. I yeah. don't know if economy
0: is what it really means. Maybe it's medium. <laughs> <laughs> medium, good. medium good.
3: Maybe you should
4: get this. <laughs> it's uh, So that's that line's solid. Um, Samsung's are very good as well. That's the last one I've... Um, no, that's not true. I have a Vizio right now. That's the last one I've owned. Samsung's are really solid, too.
3: But is there any chance she will find a Samsung TV for under $500? Those are,
4: they're Those going to be closer to the expensive line. But oh, you can okay. get... If you go Why
0: under... Why are Samsung's expensive?
3: Because they're prettier. Okay. The design is much better.
0: Oh, I see. Um, but what? who looks at the design? is it just every, a black square? Every day.
3: No, it depends like how thick the bezel is, the, the framing around oh. the TV, how thick it is, how nice okay. the, the bottom looks. A lot of them are kind of... They're surprisingly clunky for... It's 2016, and they're just like these very square, clunky, ugly stands that they come on. And the, there's two inches of bezel around the whole thing. Oh, I see. Um, maybe not two inches, but
4: the other one that I've kind of become familiar with is this one called TCL. It's not known much in America. But they make a lot of the little parts that are found in American TVs. Uh, they just they're they sell a ton of them in China. Uh, the reason they're I mean they're solid. There's one there's a 50 inch model that I found for I think 380. Jeez, wow, um, yeah, it's uh the you get, lose a little bit of quality to it, but I mean, by all accounts, um, it's got a decent enough uh, picture quality. Um, and specifically, TCL and uh, Sharp, I saw my issues about. I know you do too. What's yeah. your reservation about them?
3: I've just never seen one that had great quality for the price.
4: Yeah,
0: it's. And you mean image quality here?
3: Yeah. Okay. Like the actual screen we look at the you can see the pixels on it a lot, or you could see just a little fuzziness around it.
0: Okay, yeah, what about Sony? That's a big name, yeah, too
3: expensive, really great TVs but they're if just you're trying two. to spend five hundred dollars it's, it's you're gonna have if a, I
0: were trying to spend a thousand dollars, would you recommend a Sony?
3: You need to spend like fifteen probably or
0: two. Wow.
4: yeah it would have to, they usually they're specifically geared towards larger TVs like that the less familiar brands like the Vizio like Vizio you can get at Costco and they're great huh. and same with Tcl um, the main thing that I like about them that is that uh i still swear by the roku streaming and has that built into it and it's just super dead simple to set up everything is really easy to use um and it has all the apps that uh, that you would possibly want to sign in for and use at your home tv
0: and are these all going to be able to hang on a wall like is that something i need to worry about like do i need to check and make sure that i can hang it on a wall almost every single one i've looked
4: at has had some they have the notch it's just these notches that you have to have in the back. It's okay. not like super complicated or anything
3: right. like that. And since they're all LCD, they're going to be light, right? Light, lighter.
0: Right. So LED.
3: Well, they could be both. Maybe we should do what that. What is the
0: difference between LCD and uh, LED?
3: Funny we should ask. LCD lights actually provides the image. LEDs light up the LCDs. Oh. Like LCD TVs yeah. are backlit by LEDs. So so, when you say, so it's the same? It's the same, but it's brighter. They started doing it maybe five years ago where they put LEDs across. Because LEDs are so teeny. Oh, I can see, put you put an LCD
0: back. across the LEDs.
3: You put LEDs behind the LCDs.
0: Right. I, if I look at TVs right now, I'm looking at some, there's the brand, there is the um, class of size, then there is LED or OLED or whatever, then there's the pixels, right, which I assume mm-hmm. I want lots. What's, th- what's the pixels? 1080p. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just the resolution. Right, okay, yeah. so that's resolution. Um, and then it says, in what way that it is smart. <laughs> uh, and what color it is? Obviously, I want a black one because I'm not crazy. No offense if you have a white TV. Uh, do they make white TVs? Oh, it's it? probably like silver and black. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then <laughs> they have. And then TV. they have uh, motion rate. So I'm seeing 60 and 120. What
3: well, are the official terms? Should be refresh refresh rate because that's the number of times per second that the screen refreshes the image. Okay. And then different companies do like true motion and whatever else so that they yep. can change it. And so a uh, 60 hertz refresh rate might be 120 true motion. And so you see one hundred and twenty, oh, you get excited, sneaky. and then you get a sixty hertz TV, which is actually not a problem.
4: But I mean, if you ever watched, like, like is, it, is
0: faster better for that?
3: It's overkill after one hundred and twenty.
4: Yeah.
0: So okay, I'm on Amazon right now. Here's a TCL. A T, you were saying TCL is pretty good. Here's just as an example, TCL forty inch ten eighty pixel Roku Smart LED TV. Refresh rate is sixty hertz. Mm-hmm. One twenty hertz clear motion index. <laughs> What uh, does that conv- mean? We don't know. Nothing. You can ignore nothing, that. That means nothing. Okay. That's a marketing term. Okay. Okay. Good. It also has inputs. Does it matter what like plugs I get for it?
4: I would. My finding is that if you have anything less than two HDMI ports, it gets annoying. Okay. This so one that's has where. Three. So that's reasonable. Yeah. You should do at least that. The more, the better.
0: See, you're saying to me that these things are like impossible to buy for five hundred dollars. This is a Samsung forty-three inch, yeah. ten eighty pixel smart LED TV. Um, refresh rate is 60 and it's got two HDMI, but it is, um, 358 bucks.
3: Okay. There I haven't shopped for a TV in very long. Clearly
0: apparently. you haven't. Let's see. What's it called? Uh, Samsung UN43J5. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
3: Just pick up one of those.
0: Yeah. Okay, Samsung un 43 j five two hundred.
3: Maybe it's last year's model.
0: I think it 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 is. Yeah, it's last year's model. What does 200? that mean? 200 It doesn't matter. What? 200. All right, I'm looking at this too. Yeah, what's wrong with it? Tell me. <laughs> it looks okay to
4: me. Let me see. All right, room glue. Maybe
3: we found your TV. Maybe
4: you did. Maybe you did. Maybe I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything.
0: <laughs> so Alex, are you are you pro on the Samsung?
4: You know what? I'd still get the the TCL has my vote. Really? Yeah.
0: So here's the TCL that I was looking at. Oh, wait, that's the I mean, t- 2015 model. This
4: might be a good place to kind of draw it into, is that either you're going to get either one, and you're going to be...
0: The TCL, the TCL... Knowing you,
4: you're going to be okay with either one. Physio, Samsung, TCL, they're good. Uh, check to make sure that you know, so, like I know, um, Vizio's E line, I think, uh, has you know they had issues with a bad batch that they made. Oh, up. Uh-huh. So do a quick search for that for that based on the one that you find that you think is going to be it. Make sure that's okay. As long as it has more than two HDMI ports, that you'll be okay with that. And the other major thing is that if you have this in a room that's not going to get a lot of natural light interfering with it, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a lot of issues with glare or anything like that. Right.
0: Okay. Um,
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. Besides that, you'll be you'll be okay
0: man well i'm actually gonna buy a tv right now
3: right now buy yeah. it while we're on the podcast on the podcast yeah. okay we're live <laughs> which one are, well, you, are you thinking about? See, it's
4: hard
0: um, all right yeah <laughs> but then uh okay this is 40 inch this is a samsung the tcl is growing on me guys oh
4: what changed your mind
0: uh it has a super simple remote with 20 buttons. That's what changed your mind, <laughs> Grandma. <Yeah. laughs> this is oh, you mean the channel changer? <laughs> <laughs> I call it a changer too, yeah. No control. Good. Uh all right. Uh, thanks guys. Congratulations I'm gonna buy a on TV, on your TV, now. TV. Thank you. This is a good time to be talking about a coffee maker because it's about coffee time.
5: It's about coffee
0: time. It's just about coffee time.
5: In a world. In a world. Without coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is cranky.
0: Everyone is mad and tired. (laughs) And along
5: came a company called Makita.
0: Makita. Roy, focus. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. 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 Um, (laughs) I think we sound like Batman. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. (laughs) Um... (sighs) This is a cool coffee maker. You were showing this to me in your office, and I thought, it has like a, what is this? It's a battery that goes to a drill? Yeah, yeah. Why does this thing exist?
5: You know, construction sites are not known for good coffee, Mm. (laughs) obviously, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, mostly what happens is you either have a thermos, and by noon... The coffee is kind of stale. It's mm-hmm. not hot. Uh, there's no good way to reheat it. And, you know, Makita is a power tool company, and, you know, they they do a lot of research, talking to tradespeople. You know, mm-hmm. they, they make professional power tools.
0: And yeah, so, I looked at their website, and it's like yeah, serious it, chainsaws and drills, and, yeah. I mean, it's, it's oh, almost yeah. like... Looks like a post-apocalyptic, yeah. uh, like a cage match sort of is, like sparks. And you're like, oh, my gosh, Makita.
5: They, you know, build themselves, for lack of a better word, as Makita Industrial Power Tools. And see, that
0: sounds like the kind of place that where you'd have a cage match after yeah, yeah, the apocalypse. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah right. Um,
0: uh, so when did this thing come out? Or has it? Is it out yet?
5: Yeah, no, it is out. <clears throat> it's uh, relatively new. And, you know, to tell you the truth, at first I, I thought it was a gag. I, oh I asked really? Yeah. Well, I thought I thought it was either a promo thing or some like like a, I don't know. I said to the publicist, uh, his name is Wayne Hart. Everybody in the power tool industry knows him. I was like Wayne, a coffee maker, really?
0: <laughs> You're like, can I mount it on my chainsaw? I don't understand what. Yeah, this yeah. Is,
5: is, is this is this a keychain thing? A Christmas <laughs> ornament? Put it on the top of my tree. <laughs> And he was like, no, Roy, it's real. It's like, you know, this is just.
0: Well, this is the Amazon. It says Makita DCM 500Z 18 volt LXT lithium ion cordless coffee maker.
5: Cordless, <laughs> coffee. cordless
0: coffee. Lithium Ion Cordless Coffee Maker. That's a really intense coffee maker <laughs> name.
5: Well, as you can see from this brick-like battery, I know. You know, <laughs> it, it takes it takes the same power tool batteries that you run a Makita cordless drill or a cordless, you know, circular saw or what you know Makita makes. I don't know how many cordless right. things, but its and those also-
0: batteries last a long time. So what do we do here? How do we?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, in some respects it's a straightforward coffee maker. You see, it's got. Um it's got this little uh, oh, it tray. Oh,
0: has the little tr- same yeah, normal. Tra- yeah, tray with a, a, a. And you have to buy specialized coffee filters that go in it, uh, or
5: no? It comes. It comes with this uh, cup that's a screen, and you just put regular oh, ground coffee. you just clean that out. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just dump it out and rinse it.
0: That smells good. Mm. Yeah, no.
5: It's uh, we we ran we test tested it on some Maxwell House coffee, and then you know you just slide this slide this in as you would you know like any coffee maker you know uh, one cup worth. And this is interesting. You know, you fold up this, this little hatch here, mm-hmm. and you pour in water.
0: And right, so far, this is very similar to a regular coffee maker.
5: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they didn't do anything, like, like terribly weird. Now, you see, as this, you know, rather than put a fill line, Yep. they have that, that weird little thing. They call it the... The, uh, what is it? Limit. Yeah, the Limit Island, they call it. They call
0: it the Limit Island. It's a little block in the middle of it.
5: Now, watch what happens. You're supposed to fill the water up just. See how the water
0: tension. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? It's making like, it almost looks like a jello blob around it. Yeah, yeah.
5: Yeah, it's wild. I mean, that they thought to engineer it. So you can tell. Oh, so it's
0: p- exactly perfect. That was amazing. It, like, there was, it, so there's a little block, I guess, in the middle of the water compartment. Right. And you're supposed to fill it till, just until it covers it. And just to make sure that you do that exactly accurately, which sounds like a very power tool sort of <laughs> choice to make, you, it has it, it's set up so that the water tension holds the water back like a dam yeah. around the block until the very second it covers it.
5: Yeah, that's exactly, Jackie. That's a beautiful description, and that is exactly how they've engineered the, lip, the limit island.
0: The limit island, limit island. That's in, in a in a all, world in a world where there's an island called Limit Island. <laughs> <laughs> this is. <laughs> Who knew? Clearly we need some coffee <laughs> yeah. here.
5: Who knew that coffee making could be such fun? <laughs> okay, so we've got it We've got it plugged into the Makita battery. Uh-huh. Uh, it also runs on 120 volts, so you could plug it into a wall with another cord that they supply, mm-hmm. you know, into a uh, wall outlet or uh, a generator. So here, you know, you see the little, it's mm-hmm. got a little... Uh,
0: oh, and you turn it on.
5: Yeah, right. It's it, quiet. You know. Yeah, no, you can't even... Uh, uh, you there's can't not even it. any sound. It perks... Yeah, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah. You'll hear it once it starts, you know, percolating. Now, I was going to say one interesting thing about the simplicity of this device, Jackie, is that there's no, you could say, there's no hot plate down here like there usually is. What is
0: that? And that burns coffee sometimes, right? Yeah, right.
5: If you leave the coffee maker on, it just sits there and gets hotter and hotter, just like overcooks. Right. That's well,
0: that's like the burned coffee flavor from a diner. Is you yeah, sure, from sure. that, right? Yeah,
5: right. It, it can be if they're if they're not doing a good job, you know, coffee monitoring.
0: Coffee monitoring. <laughs> uh,
5: well, They should be a diner. If any, if <laughs> if there was anywhere, you should get a decent cup of coffee. You would hope it would a be diner. a diner. Yeah, yeah. would hope. You see, there there you go. Now, you see, oh, it yeah, like, starts it's, out it's as good. a drip, uh-huh. and then it's, you know, for lack of a better word, it'll pick up steam, you might say. Coffee jokes, Roy them. Um, bad coffee jokes. Bad
0: coffee jokes. So that's it. And you've tasted this, and what did you think?
5: Uh, you know what? You, you wouldn't know that this <laughs> that this came out of a power tool.
0: Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't know that this came out of a power tool. My <laughs> mom has never said that about anything she's <laughs> ever served me. but <laughs>
5: Power tool coffee.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. That's our show, y'all. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jesse Wright Mendoza. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Subscribe to our show on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. If you want to read more about beer, check out our website, popularmechanics.com. We'll be having some top-secret awesome news about beer soon. And while you're at our website, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.